Would you call yourself a socialist? Uh, no. You've never told a lie in politics? No. No. See, somebody sent me a video actually last Friday and it had you talking at the socialist community. Oh, yes, yes. And you mentioned the word comrade uh, about four times in a minute. What was that about? It was a rally and I would have been about 25 years old. Comrade, 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 comrade. Hello, everybody. Thanks for coming back. Thanks, Brad. Thanks for coming back. I, I, uh, I couldn't get in quick enough to warn everyone we're going we're to get chopped off. They only give us two hours, and I did about 45 minutes earlier on before the, before the 8.15 start, so my apologies. Um, I, you know, um, that was very interesting. Do you want to just carry on with what you were talking about there? Because I'll put the two together, and I'll, I'll publish these um, as um, two different uh, podcasts. You carry on. Can you remember what you were talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. guess I was just talking about the um, the the this divide, this illusory divide between Maori and Pākehā. It doesn't really exist. And yeah, yeah. It it's really just manufactured. It's really interesting um, how the Maori Party behaves uh, on 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 scene. I would say in terms of their act and what many of their um, many of the MPs that I know um, act like behind the scenes um sort of disgusted about the act that they put on yeah <laughs> if anyone wants to have a talk with you brad are you happy to, to chat with them i know that um i've got max babe there he might want to have a talk with you would you be happy to stay for a little while you don't have to stay for a full two hours i'm i'll probably only do it for an hour anyway yeah, I'll, I'll probably stay for another um 10 minutes and we'll yeah to yeah that'd be great so if anyone wants to have a talk with max um we've got him now he's good uh, and man, you know your stuff when it comes to the law. I I feel very ignorant uh, when I hear you speak, uh, and I can see that it's a very tricky thing. You're you're entering. You're almost sort of entering into a contract with the police the moment you wind the window down or the moment they approach you. Yeah, well, that's that's basically how they um, they essentially run everything. Um, the entire thing is a corporation. Mm. Um, and I never knew that. You see, I they have to. They have to interact with you in a contract basis. Mm. Um, it, it's it's actually it's not just the police; it's it's the whole thing. Um, and I have a I guess a philosophical problem with the state uh, being a corporation because um, in the natural order of things, uh, the first thing that exists in terms of our society are people, and the first thing that people do is they set up a state to protect themselves from the rascals and those who would be opportunistic and injure people and harm people. Uh, so we mm. set up a state to protect um, uh, us as people. And that's very normal. Um, one of the first things that we sort of set up in our construction of a state is a constabulary um, to protect us from criminals. Uh, and then what goes on after that is the state tends to, um, through monetary processes or departments and uh, the like, they help people develop opportunities in their society and through that people create companies and businesses and 
those are the things that help them, um, I guess, alleviate the suffering that is to exist on this earth. The Sorry about problem that. Um, for me is that when that natural order flips and corporations become states that then abuse the people, we need to figure out where it went wrong, go back to that point, and flip it back to its uh, proper order. That sounded good. Sorry about that. I was talking to Shane. Oh. Mm. Is Shane coming? That sounded good, Brad. Sorry, I I got swamped with um, emails and things, but... Yeah, it's really just, I think, um, if I may chime in, not quite knowing what I'm chiming into because I've just come into the last part of what Brad said, but it was sounding very, very reasonable. I think we. I think there's a uniting principle, as I said to these 15 Maori in this group, uh, the uniting principle of mankind is self-interest, which went down like a, you know, it's not a very nice thing to say, is it? but that's, that's essentially, we. none of us like to be sort of left out um, we, we're happy to be magnanimous and we're happy to be loving and we're happy to be considerate of others and want the best for them, but we don't, we don't want ourselves to be um, at the bottom of a pecking order. So the self-interest affects us every minute of the day. If I scratch my nose, I'm acting in my own self-interest just to imp- marginally improve my, you know, my state. And if we, if we, if we extrapolated that to that, that's what's going on whenever there's a negotiation um, it's, and we're all like 7.8 slightly different people. That's 7.8 billion. That's how our species works probably. Um, we're kind of designed to be different, so we've all got slightly different ideas, um, and we need those to be able to be aired because from that those differences come new agreed ways of doing things. And by having single sources of truth, that is the recipe for staying stuck or going back, um, depending on who the single source is. But if we were to design a system where debate was enshrined and expected and differing was to be uh, lauded as long as it was a respectful discussion and we genuinely somehow wanted the other people to be happy, like, like the best negotiations do, um, would, would that be too airy-fairy and too naive to no, I don't somehow think ensh- I think enshrine from the classroom onward, you know, from, from the start of school, you know, this process is um, encouraged. We were looking for the other to do well. And uh, there's too much win-lose the win-lose state has what's brought this corporate this corporate greed. I'm now finding myself as a right winger, bemoaning corporatism, having seen the worst of it. A lot of it's left wing corporatism, actually, but uh, it doesn't really matter these days because the right wingers are lefties anyway. Really um, in mm-hmm. in the sense of the the communist sense of big state, big state plus big company, big corporate. If they can make uh, it was brought home to me by a conversation with Lloyd Morrison, uh, former head of, um, well, deceased now, but head of Infratil. And I was, I rather sort of thought that the 
the global warming thing was just another lefty beat up to extract money um, and rather hoped he might sort of fund some sort of campaign to that effect. But he, he, his words to me were rather chilling. He said, we like global warming because we make money out of it. And there, there speaks yeah, a capitalist. I might be able to um, shed some light on that global warming thing. So it was quite interesting. I used to hang out with Extinction Rebellion quite a bit, being a lefty liberal during my university days, um, yeah. as, as I was. So the, the interesting, one of the biggest arguments I used to have in those circles was um, why they termed it as climate change, because we were quite aware that if you termed it as climate change, then what Big Corp would do would just go into big tech, which was not really... Uh, in line with our what we wanted for the environment. What we wanted was we wanted uh, people in general, regardless of what uh, political ideology they aligned with, was to recognize their, um, that it would be probably smarter for mankind to uh, live in symbiosis with its surroundings so hum mankind had the greatest chance of survival and, and, and exploring the wonder that is the cosmos. You said a really, um, really um, pertinent point there, John, in terms of um, self-interest. I, I, I think that it starts at self-interest, um, then proceeds to self-curiosity, and then the why. Uh, and I think that one of the things that we've um, failed to ask a lot is the why of our existence. And what we could do is we could look at the behaviours or the the common sum of uh, behaviours that mankind seems to um, engage in. And that would be, um, let's say, innovating, discovering, um, self-interest, that sort of stuff, basically trying to find the why of our existence. Um, and yeah. I think that if we were to continue, if we wanted to continue to discover, innovate, create, um, seek happiness, seek meaning, then we would have to survive our planet and continue on throughout the cosmos. And to yeah. me, it doesn't seem like a, 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 a mankind that is motivated to be more parasitic than symbiotic with its surroundings is, is in the um, organism's best interests. So to me, I feel like what we've been doing in terms of um, promoting a, a sort of behavior through media and government that is uh, contradictory to the um, ability for human mankind to to thrive is is rather foolish, and and I think that if we could come together to figure out uh, how we go about pursuing betterment through conversation rather than legislative enforcement, I think the biggest mistake that government has made, uh, where it's tilted towards something that is now careening towards chaos is that it decided that it could um, foster better behavior from mankind through government uh, government or yeah. enforcement of, of of what they think a, a good human being should be to 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 be better the the only way that you can do this with mankind who as um, many people believe have a spark of the divine is through the ongoing conversation, the encouragement yes. of listening, the encouragement yeah. of having conversations with people that disagree with you. All of the people right. who seem to be heading in the right direction are the ones that are pursuing having difficult conversations with people that they disagree with and finding an alternative pathway forward 
that we, they can both agree on. Yes, if that was entrenched right from earliest days at school, um, mm. that you know, I, I, I woke up in two thousand and eight with a political party in my head, as you do. Well, I'd never done that, but I did, and it was called Free New Zealand. I think Liz Gunn is taking that name now, but it was it was it meant to it, it, it's the killer app, the killer app, uh, as you might say now, was a thing called the House of Common Sense. Uh, like the House of Commons, a play on the House of Commons. But the idea was that the, the habit was, the party ritual was, well, there were two of them. One of them was to base every, was to ask, was to, was to have uh, every policy had to pass the test of uh, will it be good, uh, how will it be good for Frieda, Frieda Freeman, who was the free New Zealand party mascot sort of thing. Um, a young child. But the House of Common Sense, the idea is it's a written debating platform where, which would have to be moderated, but uh, and no swearing and all that. Just, just if somebody comes up with a proposition, instead of mocking it, it might be a really out there one, which most people might want to mock. Um, but we, we've got to get over that anyway, because uh, in the 1920s, there was this guy who had this absurd idea that the planets moved around, uh, sorry, the continents moved around. Have you ever heard anything as ludicrous as that? Well, of course, that's now plate tectonics. Um, and they, they convened conferences to make a mockery of him. So um, this is how we progress, by, by having people have out their ideas, which most people think are ludicrous, and... Maybe those people are just a bit ahead of the game. So you've got to be able to allow for that. So you put down the, the ridic ridiculous proposition, then you, you put down the five points in favour. Somebody else might have a totally different idea and they have to counter those points. In, the, in very distilled uh, language uh, that you get rewarded for before being clear uh, by the onlookers, and if you know, and you go column by column until each point is resolved or is argued out, and perhaps one side would have to give way at a certain point because he can no longer sustain his argument. But that, is, as, a, as a principle anyway, it's a bit like having a court case. Um, but, of course, with actual court cases, they are mediated by the media and we don't actually really, you know, we don't get to participate. But if, if we were in the habit of for important decision-making and global warming, climate change could would be the almost the ultimate, uh, or now we've got the COVID, the ultimate uh, case study where you want to be able to see the whole architecture of any debate. At least you would be able to see the whole architecture of a debate, even if you didn't you know, necessarily understand it all. At least it would all be in the one place if it was a Wikipedia of debate where everybody went there to understand both sides. The Swiss do this naturally. They do this with their referendum system which I think we should have as well. Um, the, the 100 days system, they're having referenda four times a year, multiple referenda four times a year, and they regard the, the people as the sovereign. population and politics and empowers them yeah. to understand their governance system. Yes. And uh, I think as a stunt, I, would, I know three New Zealand masterminds from the past, those quiz shows, and... I would ask each of them if they've ever heard of a Swiss Prime Minister, and I wouldn't mind betting that none of them have. Uh, or a Swiss, I don't no, even... They might be called a president. I don't actually know. But it's it's not an important role. Um, the, the governing gets done in the cantons, which would be like the... Um, 
you know, the, the Whangarais and the, and the Martinboroughs. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and it's a constituents that way. You, you have towns that, are, that, are, that mimic the values of the constituents in those towns, and so you get variety in your country. And your country is actually quite a joyous place to go to because you've got yes, and there's somewhere to escape to. Powered variety, yeah. There's always somewhere to escape to. That's like I like states and provinces. You've you've got lots of states in America. If you don't like California, you can go and live in Texas. And uh, but one big world united nation, which is what this whole thing is about. It's taking the s off a word. It's all about taking taking the s off a word. It's like taking a blanket that has a massive collection of colours and it just looks astounding to the eye and painting it all in one colour. It's insane. Yeah, and it's light blue, but it's really red with yellow, with yellow wreath. And, you know, we have to actually go take a hitch a ride with Elon Musk to Mars or somewhere to get out of it. That's no solution, is it? Because you just know what kind of government that's going to be. Um. And it's amazing that for oh, just the world that we live in now. Hi, guys. How are you? Hello. Hello. I just, Hello. I just, didn't know you were there. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes. Yep. Thank you. I And as since you were talking about, you know, one world and the United Nation, it is, it's ironical, I find, that in this time, this era that we live in, where everything is is about diversity and multiculturalism and everything, they want a one world. Where is all that focus on diversity gone? Isn't it? Uh, That's just for the books. It's, it's university, isn't it? It's university. <laughs> That's part of the problem. Yeah. Yes. AI likes everything. It sounds AI so good, though. It sounds really good. Multiculturalism for the sake of multiculturalism. We began with doctors without borders, and I'm a migrant myself. I am very cognizant of the fact, but we began with doctors without borders, and now we want a world without borders and just one for all and all for one. Yeah, it sounds so good, though, to the uninitiated. It's just so simple and easy, and oh, it's going to be wonderful. It's like living in one, one commune. Because living in a commune sounds fun until you factor in human nature. When all the pigs are equal except for me, I, I want to be slightly more equal than the others. And uh, as long as we can all agree that it's me and not you, <laughs> and, and, that's, and that's what starts it all, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's revering revering that fact that we're all 7.8 billion slightly different people and we, we, we have stuff to learn from each of the other 7.8 billion if we, if we give them their, their head and that's how our species how works. Be. And we've that's got to keep the channels that's open. That's how it should be. Absolutely. That's how it should be. I mean, what is this world without mystery? And, 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 the, the most enjoyable part of living in this world is is the mystery. If you didn't have mystery, you wouldn't have wonder and you wouldn't be able to enjoy the journey of figuring this all out. I mean, there's people that believe in past lives uh, and remembering their past lives and stuff like that. But imagine if you knew everything. 
how alone you would feel, how boring everything would be. A lot, I think there's too many people in the society that are in a rush to know everything. The, the mystery is what makes life so enjoyable. And, that's, and, 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 and I think there was actually a verse in the Bible where Jesus um, was asked a question and he uh, told, them to, told the people who asked the question to look at the children. Um, I, I tell you truly, um, be like the children. And I think what he was referring to is the way that children behave in such amazement and wonder and awe for the mystery all, of, all around them. And as we get older and we learn more about the world, we lose a bit of that. And I think that it's great sometimes to just take a pause and, and, and admire and, and, and enjoy the fact that there's so much more out there that's a mystery. And it's, it's pointless fighting over what we think we know. Yes. I have, a the I have a uniting theory that I think most people agree on most things most of the time. And the reason why that might not work is when we feel, when we, feel we have to stick up for a particular uh, tribe or, or ideology or political gang patch, you know, we have, to, we have to fight our corner. We're back in that adversarial mode where we feel we have to stick up for the team um, even if we're not quite sure why. <laughs> and that's not helping. It's, it's... And some people say we shouldn't have political parties at all and that should, they should be banned. I'm not sure about, I don't necessarily agree with banning anything. I think I've said that, but I'm not so sure I agree with myself now. Yes, it was you, wasn't it? Uh, somebody. Yeah, somebody. Uh, friend but, you know, always declared government is just organized thugs organized gangs <laughs> it is now nice you just you just went what, what? into and you went into parliament you're elected by the people in your in your area and you just worked for the betterment of the country for a, a, a set time then you just went back to your back to your tools and there was no career politicians but you see when you start being doctrinaire like that that that, that rules out the possibility that there might be somebody I mean, I'm just thinking of Lee Kuan Yew as a particular one that springs to mind, mm. um, who rather sort of took his country out of out of the, the swamp where everybody hates hated them and all the neighbours hated them and they didn't have their own water. He his his brain seemed to be put to to good use for a rather long time, and I think most Singaporeans, as far as I understand them, would have thought that he should have remained there. So mm. th so there might be you know there might be exceptions to that. That would be Probably a communist country, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> well, it would happen in com It certainly did happen in communist countries. Um, but Arnold Schwarzenegger, for example, now I'm not. Oh. No, I, I don't say that he he should have been president, but he wouldn't. He wasn't allowed to be because he wasn't born there. Well, I don't. I think that's ruling out the possibility that somebody from overseas, say India, there might be a dairy farmer. In Southland, Southland, for example, <laughs> might might um, might be well qualified um, to run New Zealand at some point. You know, yeah. who knows? We shouldn't. Well, I'd like to refer back to your Nazi, which is Arnold Schwarzenegger, who recently said in regard to COVID mandates, "F your freedoms." He did. I'm yes. Very glad that actively. he never never became president of the United. I'm not advocating that he should have been. I'm just saying that his – just reminded me that he was – and Barnaby Joyce in Australia had to stand down because he, can't, he was a dreadful 
New Zealander, New Zealand-born person. So he wasn't fit to be prime minister of the country that he obviously preferred. That's the thing about foreigners. They come, they come to a country because they prefer it. We, we're born here. Um, they make an effort to come here. Um, we should use them, I think. They want to be Except, for you. Except for you, Shane, obviously. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> He's an Irishman. That's He's right. an Irish-American, the worst we, kind. We don't have homes. <laughs> we just rover, you know, rovers. Hey, I, I am reminded. I've been dying to have a word. After you, Shane, yep. we'll let Max have a crack. Mm, go ahead, Shane. I am reminded uh, you guys were talking specifically about government and sort of its role that um, not one of my champions in the world, but he said something that rang true. And it's Elon Musk, and he said that government's simply the largest corporation with a monopoly on violence. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I uh, democracy was, uh, I think it was, if I got the quote right from, it was either Jefferson or Franklin said, you know, that's basically a democracy is mob rule, which is why he proposed a constitutional republic, which does uh, limit possi- some possibilities, but uh, those possibilities are usually limited on the part of the government, which free a people to innovate and be, uh, yeah, and be productive and be progressive. And I know that word has been tainted, but I don't mean it in the, in the woke way. So I think there's some, uh, there are some systems out there that function better than others, depending on uh, the validity of what is in their constitution. Because there are, you know, more than just the U.S. with the constitution. But I, uh, I do like the U.S. Constitution, maybe because I'm there. It's based on some of the tenets of the Magna Carta and seems to provide for the most freedom, from what yeah, I've seen. Certainly that's, that's a, that's a preference I have, though. But I am also very aware, as we talk about uh, different structures on referendums and democracies, that uh, one Mr. Brad Flutie is in possession of a New Zealand-based uh, and context constitution. So I think at some point that should that should be introduced into the conversation. Yeah. That'd be good to hear, to read. You've been on that for a while, haven't you, Max? Um, Brad. Mute himself. He might have gone actually because his battery's running flat. Max, you wanted to talk to um, Brad, didn't you? But I think you might have left it too late. Uh, I didn't want to cut Shane yeah. off because that was a good point he, he was making. Shane, no, well, it's just um, we've all been talking about you know sort of how um, the government's meant to run and uh, how it's meant to be working for the people and um, the police are meant to be working for the people and. Uh, we can all see that it's just it's becoming the, the opposite way. It's now the government saying, I'm your leader. You obey me. The police, in Brad's case now, are just taking on the role of, I am the police, you will do as I say. Uh, we've got the, uh, oh, who's that buddy, um, uh, WorkSafe or whatever they are, where they're, they're going round and... Um, the case where they, they went into the, um, I forget, is, is it Steve, the, the MMA Steve fighter? Oliver. Yep, yep. Yeah. MMA. They, they yeah. go into his place and other places and say, you must do what we say. And it's it's all getting rid of the little man, the, the small business, the individuals to become, follow the big corporates. Everything's owned by big corporates, uh, domination, rule. 
but it's all basically be, it's it's illegally been done to us. But mm. they're putting over the powers and changing laws to make it bullying us to following them. Um, they certainly don't want us and, chatting like we're chatting tonight. They they want to break us up. They don't want people like um, Brad and, and and Shane and John getting together. And, well, and, I've actually thought about that and wondering if uh, one day the police are going to rock up at my gate and say, uh, hey, Max, um, we'd like to have a bit of a talk to you uh, uh, <laughs> because you're getting onto this uh, Liberty NZ crowd and um, we think you're a bit of a threat. <laughs> no, it's only if you're hanging out with, with Jaspreet you'll be in trouble. But, no, no. Yes, We're coming around to um, this is all happening. We know it's happening. We can see it's happening. This uh, vaccine is just a lethal uh, push upon everybody of um, do as we say um, and follow our rule. Um, as Shane knows, that New Zealand doesn't have a constitution and mm. there's a constitution being worked on. I know which party it is. I sort of follow them a bit. Well, that's um, what Brad's talking about. Is that what you're talking about, Max? The same constitution <clears throat> that Brad's uh, been working on tirelessly for a, a while? Uh, well, it it's might be because Shane knows about it as well. Um, oh, good. Okay. It's th through a good party um, that I'm sort of uh, I'm sort of going to be backing. Uh, but if a constitution was introduced to New Zealand, would that sort of throw a lot of uh, the handbrake on a lot of this? You follow what I say, sort of rule. Hope so. Um, Depends what it we're is. We're talking about should it be brought up from classes, taught from classes how to be this, how to be that, uh, from children, but. The fact is you've got to have the foundation of the country as in like having a good solid constitution to base everything upon. If you don't have that, then nothing in school is going to really work. Nothing in life is going to really work because there's nothing to sort of set the foundations of what is decent and proper to follow. Do you think we um, need a revolution first? Well, that's coming. It's coming over the planet. Um if you've been looking outside, there's massive protests going on. Um, whereas our, our our little our big New Zealand protests, they're like little town protests over there. Our mm. ten thousand, twenty thousand, they've got a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand. Um, I heard so, three quarters of a million marched up the Jean Salisi at one stage. But well, well, I, I'm tr I'm trying to see what's going on in the world. I follow a lot of stuff. I've been but following News Hub. I'm not on. Oh, mate, News Hub. Several countries have broken rank. The Czechs and the the British, uh, the Danes, Kazakhstan yep. has rolled rolled their government, apparently. Didn't the Russians, haven't the Russians just seen the vacuum and fired and gone in, sent troops in? Have they? Uh, I, th I think they only have secured uh, the main city in the country, though, from last I heard. In Kazakhstan? Yes. Is President Borat um, doing well now? <laughs> nice. Borat. Make, what does he say? Oh, I can't remember now. Borat. He's the most, um, Cohen, the actor? He's the most famous uh, Kazakhstani, isn't he, really? <laughs> Him and his sister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's but good on them if that's what they did. If they if they were dragging soldiers out of tanks and all sorts of things, but oh, Brad's playing. Go, Brad. Max wanted to talk to you about the Constitution. This Brad, yeah, there, Brad. I think he might. No, he's, he's unmuted. You're not there, Brad. No, no I think he's gone. No, he's, 
Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I just yeah. find it sort of interesting. All this stuff's going on, and we, we, we've got an idea of what needs to be done, which is uh, stop Get the witches. powers that be, throw the government system out that's there now. How do we do that? Um, How do we physically get them out? Well, I've been asking that, um, but the problem is um, her royal death uh, angel is there. Mm. She's got a really good stranglehold, stranglehold on us because she's got the exemplary powers, which um, give her authority to um, strangle us, literally, and have us beaten up in the street uh, like Braden um, can get away with it, sort of. Uh, mm. uh, but the problem is there's no one else to vote for. You go to National, no. what are you going to get? Yeah. You're going to get on. an even bigger Muppet that yeah. knows even less, but it's he's probably more destructive. Yeah. He's um, a globalist. He meets with, him and his mob meet with, have been meeting with Bill Gates for years. They're globalists. They're That's why the, the marches were so naive. Mm. That's why the, the march down Wellington, it said Labour out. Well, that's what? So National in? Mm. And I speak as a... National at the moment, the main parties that have been there forever aren't worth Jack, you know what. Mm. Um, there's a couple of other parties that are sort of getting ready to come into. Um, they need to be brought forward, introduced to people. Um, and oh, no, we haven't, people... we haven't got the party. We haven't got the party that is needed. What, what is needed and nothing less will do is the sort of Trumpian attitude of audacity Mm. Um, a party from a standing start that announces with full announces it's it's to be the government and uh, has enough uh, credible people to make it so to electrify the public to believing that they're actually going to, and that's this you know the salvation. It's not another amateur party is not going to cut it. But a properly constituted party with the right systems uh, and the right goal and the right strategy that is basically big thinking enough to aim for 51% plus, not for five, which these other parties do. Yeah, they, all start with, they all start with faulty uh, premises and faulty strategies and they wonder why nobody comes. And... Um, yeah. It's it's got to be brilliantly communicated, uh, very simple and electrifying in its audacity. And that's when you look at the great people of history; they're all cheeky, um, they're all audacious, and they all do the total opposite of the boring normal. It's got to be a party like that, and uh, full of fun. Charisma. Yeah, it's got to be an actual party, and everything is done differently. Exciting, and, which is what yeah, it's got to be exciting. That's right. But mm. people That's are right. over ready for it. They're just so tired of yeah. the whole system now. Yeah. But they all feel that it's a hopeless situation. You're damned if you vote for these ones. You're damned if you vote for those ones. Well, they've got us tied up. This, in the this, this is our they? predicament. How do we get out of this? Um, well, where can we, we have find to... these people to make a party to get them to stand up and just? light the way for everyone. It's, uh, well, we have to start it by dealing to the people who are causing the problem and modelling that. And, and they're, they're getting it now. Uh, Jacinda's starting to walk. She can't go walking everywhere now. She gets no. told to F off wherever she goes now. <laughs> yeah. Well, She's that's a good start. 
And I think reading the riot act to the police, like the woman in England, that's what we need to do. Um, uh, I'd like to get more informed about the specifics of the law of the of the complaints. As it, the complaint has to be put together meticulously. Um, it might be differences between the New Zealand situation and the British one that she was citing, but she just stood there and read it to the slouching cop who couldn't really do anything about it uh, because it was being filmed. A document that comes with that. I presume so. I know there's another <laughs> woman called Anna de Boussire or something like that, um, and she is an eminent uh, legal person. Someone got the volume up too loud. She's very inspiring the way she talks. Not Which sure where it's coming from. Um, Jasper, can you mute yourself and Max when you're not talking? And we'll see if we can get to the bottom of it. Go ahead, John. Uh, uh, just uh, dialing in. Um, yeah, I, I think that's what we should do all over the country. Uh, Sue Gray would be an ideal person to do that, but I think it maybe also needs a bit more edge to it, uh, a bit more, um, uh, a little bit more theatr theatricality to it perhaps. But everybody could have to do it their own way, but they could be citing the same solution or the same evidence, I suppose. There's no reason why it has to be one person in one place. I'd quite like to do it in Masterton because I've got some form in Masterton uh, and um, would quite like to go back to the police station which who whose members visited me. Um and uh, there's a bit of a group that we might actually do that. When we'd film it live on Facebook, I'm banned at the moment, but somebody's Facebook or somewhere, um, and do basically what that English woman did, perhaps with a little bit, with a few flourishes on top for interest to make it more entertaining. But essentially, that's one thing that could work because they can't. They, they, they don't want to misbehave, do they, if it's being filmed? And they don't, and they have to respond to complaints. And the complaint happens to be somewhat different from the usual complaint to the police, but it's still a complaint. It's genocide. And they are obliged, as that woman pointed out, to investigate complaints. And they would have to investigate that one and they can't just laugh it off. Or if they do, the team of five million will know because that video will go everywhere. Um, but that's where we've got to get it going. Things are firing up now. Now yeah. that's happening over there, that's giving people more ideas on how to actually start dealing with this. It's a, it's a matter of learning how to deal with it because yeah. there's been steps taken here previously to try and put reins on things but they just go and change the law they just go and change this they That's right. change that to get around you we've just got to have a whole a team of people come in with different uh different things uh subjects to actually go this and go them and go them um like at the moment That's right. there's um there's uh who is it uh liz is it liz lambert that's taking on the um work safe um, yep. Then there's someone else that needs to take on the government 
Uh, there's someone else that needs to take on the police, like maybe Brad. Um, yeah. And I think they picked the wrong guy, didn't they? They picked groups. the wrong guy to taser, I think. <laughs> but that's the thing. They make this mistake, and then those people just start pursuing them and nailing them they and making them do on the spot. They're and then that's going to make you. people start to see them. Then yeah. we can bring in some of these things that are happening, like from in England, uh, get more people in the country to actually know these things are happening and then start introducing something like that. The mm, process is starting, but it's just so difficult to get going to find your way through the the maze that's been put up to stop you from getting there in the first place, which is uh, because she's got over, Jacinda's got overseas help on this big time. It, she yeah. hasn't put this together. She's just a pawn in a world game. And yeah. they're giving her the response of how to deal with this, how to deal with that, how to get away with this. She's got their lawyers figuring out how she can manipulate our laws so she can get away with these things. She's getting, which is probably actually illegal, she's getting foreign aid on how to run this country, foreign uh, knowledge yeah. uh, and legal input on how well, to run this country. it's isn't it? That, that, the, the national anthem sings against that. Yeah, but it, it's like... Um, I thought that was against the law in, in any country for you to get outside um, uh, assistance. Mm. Like they, they were carrying on about Trump uh, getting back in from Russia, screaming about it. But here's Jacinda getting back in from America and uh, from God knows who, what other country, uh, United Nations and the WHO. And she's getting information and uh, legal input on how to run things here to overthrow the people. Which is just it's high treason. It's um has anybody heard anything about the troops that were in the South Island, the top of the South Island, that were training, they were foreign troops? Italian, I think someone said. Is that is any truth to that or is that is that nonsense? Nothing's been heard. There's been nothing in the news, nothing on any of the threads that anyone's going through. It's um mm. she might have sent them home. <laughs> somebody said they'd left. And then somebody else said that the Tongan volcano was a bomb and that was designed to throw tsunamis on New Zealand and Australia and bring in international troops to mop up the disasters. And there's just so many um, what they do. possibilities. They could cause that. Like they that. went on tsunamis in um, the Waitamata Harbour after the Second World War. Tsunami <laughs> bomb. They yep. certainly did. Um, and, but uh, uh, what to believe, what, what to believe. You know, if the, in the end, whoever the biggest the biggest bully with the biggest guns wins, I suppose. Bullies get taken oh. down. I hate bullies. I despise them. That's and what if makes you look me... at me, if you saw me as a person, you'd think that guy is so broken, he can't do anything, but um, piss me off and you'll get a different story. Uh, I've not met, I'll come I've you met face Max. on. You're not broken. Um, I don't care about my physical state. It's, it, it makes people underestimate me big time. I'll still come fun on at you. Um, and, uh, I think there's like a, a few. Like a tunny far and <laughs> I think there's um, a few men out there that have a similar. I actually thought about, I said to a group the other day, I said we should have a, the gentleman's party. And, of course, that would outrage certain people. But the idea is that uh, um, all the groups that are forming at the moment, like Voices for Freedom, uh, they do superb work in raising awareness of the problem uh, and networking and creating groups. I go on walks in local towns around here, set up by them. But the head of Voices for Freedom, Wairapa, told me off 
um, she rather thought that she had some sort of power over me uh, and um, took me aside and said, you know, what you, you were, it wasn't what you did wasn't helpful. In other words, getting stuck into the local MP. Um, and I, so the, I said, so the, so the 45,000 views of the police visit, which was all part of the strategy, um, wasn't helpful. No, that wasn't helpful. You, you were failing. You were failing. And I thought, well, that, in, illust- yeah, that illustrates the problem. That is essentially um, the difference between men and women's approach to war. Women's approach is to organise a collegial um, uh, network, but it's not to win. Not with just um, reasons. You forget she's a father's yeah. a colonel. That's right. Uh, well, Jaspreet is, is an honorary man in this sense. Um, and, uh, she's not a real woman. She's a man. She's an honorary she? man. And the same with uh, Alana Ratner, my fr- other friend. Um, uh, but generally speaking, woman, the, the desire to have popularity as your top value and rudeness as your bottom value, like the worst person since the dawn of time is Donald Trump. Really? Um, that attitude can't prevail. That makes them controlled opposition, in my view, as I said to this yep. woman. Uh, and um, well, this needs... Today, and I wanted to talk to Jaspreet about it what? because a lady told me today, the voices for freedom are controlled opposition. Could you be yeah. in a bad... I don't really believe it. Not realize. I just don't oh, think they realise that they haven't got a plan to win. No, they've got a plan to, they've got a plan to keep talking and... Mm. We've got a plan to do that. Uh, there's no direction. Well, uh, women want popularity. What did you say? Popularity as their first. Uh, that's well, number, the first one is, uh, number one is, is, is pop- number one is kindness, um, <laughs> and honesty comes under that. Now, if you have, if you put honesty under kindness, as important as kindness is, uh, you get policies based on lies, and that's the history of recent New Zealand. Um, and uh, we have to put honesty first, in my view, and because honesty, you have to say the hard thing. You've got to do the hard thing, not the easy thing. And often the hard thing is you have to tell the truth in ways that are, are not terribly good for oneself, but they are the right thing to do for the for the community. And you know, so, but I think in in terms of winning this, we've got to make life very, very, very uncomfortable for Ardoon and all of the people who are implementing this catastrophe. I think we as Kiwis tend to shy away from uncomfortable questions, uncomfortable uncomfortable conversations. And I've had that time and again in the last 13 years I've been here. I remember someone at the playgroup where you're fundraising and doing some work and after that having a wine. This lady asked me something about, you know. Yep. Could I just ask you to turn your volume down? Right here. Thank you. Well, often, so the you can truth just is, hear. Sorry about the that. The truth is things that don't want to be heard, and the truth is what people don't want said. Yeah, and yeah. like as I said a couple of times, people have broached me with questions. This was a good fourteen months ago, and I remember at that time MedSafe had just come out with this like fifty-eight questions yet to be answered on the vaccine, and I started telling this lady because she was like, "Oh, you, what do you think about the vaccine now?" And I told her exactly what I thought. She said. You know, just breathe. I'm going to enjoy my wine. I don't know how you sleep. And I found that fascinating. This is a person who will research every car seat. I mean, what sort of, and I don't even know car seats. It's my husband who fixes them and like tethers and whatnot, anchors and bullpoint. And you want to search this. It is, 
like they almost don't want to realize that uh, you know don't want to think bad and i wonder where that sort of attitude comes from as i was chatting to her here i was i'm simultaneously on telegram on my desktop and um, i'm on the india chat page and they have just put forth a list of uh, 18 children it says now which who have passed between the ages 15 to 18 and there is newspaper articles that they have put forth that's been cuz out there it has never Very, been uh, we we we've seen life at you know good bad ugly and you will see these deaths in the newspapers and people are just collating and i'm one of those is in a regional language that i don't know of and i was trying to use google translate so we don't shy away from these conversations we've always believed right. that the police press politicians are corrupt out here we don't have the right Well, that's why we need that's why we need the infusion of people from the real world, Jasprey. Yeah, we do. Um, we are not the real world. We have, and of course, um, as I was beginning to canvas with Brad, and hopefully will, um, we are the feeblest and weakest and most cowardly country in the world in respect of our capitulation to the more aggressive Maori, uh, which is a subject we will not touch. Well, I will, but that's it's cost me a great deal. Uh, including my son who considers me an embarrassment for raising it um <laughs> and so I don't see my granddaughters this is how it affects um people who stand up and tell the truth about issues like that and new zealanders have been completely hypnotized even we have a mass hypnosis going on in the world where a third of people are hypnotized over the covid over the vaccine issue and you cannot have a civilized conversation one of them ran after me in the street i was delivering vax uh, delivering pamphlets for voices for freedom um to yesterday that was um this guy ran ran down the street after me said don't put any more crap in this let my letter i said i'm oh, sorry i was just trying to save uh, save the lives of children no you weren't no, no, no. in other words he's totally hypnotized um well we we are we are hypnotized in various other ways as well um and not least over the uh, treaty issue not in all of the school teachers have to uh, swear allegiance to brown supremacy I'm you know watched watched over the last decade ever since we've been here and like doc department of conservation there is hmm. so much swaths of the new zealand countryside that kiwis can't go nearly 30% yeah. of the country say from uh, the area under lake waramona and i mean various different bits kiwis can go there and no one has ever said a word that what's well, happening they've here told us, they've told us that we're bringing germs in on our feet yeah because mm. they don't want to be labeled this or labeled that mm. uh, it's like being labeled maintenance on the track no, i mean cory died back at the waitakere hills how many years has it been nearly a decade now no one questions that oh, oh. how far is it how are we progressing with the disease does it actually come if walkers come into the path can you you know explain the science no one has ever asked the question the same thing was happening because as a farmer yes. i saw it in the mycoplasma bovis cull of uh, cattle nearly 700000 of them if i'm not wrong not too far off the mark and there were that time farmers saying 3 4 years ago when this initially began that hey there was nothing wrong or i didn't uh, i have a clear uh, animal status declaration card how are you saying that these are from an infected herd no 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 kal 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 nothing else and the wet who first found that uh, detected that in a farm near inland omaru got the wet of the year award and mm. but they were 
dozens of farmers, you know, crying blue murder. They never made it to the newspapers. And I was like, why are you guys mm. not speaking up? That's it's all the same thing, Jaspreet, isn't it? It's all the same thing. Um, it's it's ethics. It's what Brad was saying. Um, there needs to be an ethical awakening. We need to promote the values of honesty and debate. Uh, this is at the core of our progress as a species when we've been allowed to. Like um, uh, It was the, the evil Stefan Molyneux who Jacinda Ardern, she came back from her baby laying and she ripped into... Uh, <laughs> ripped into um, Stephen Molyneux and Lauren Southern, the two most evil people in the universe apart from Donald Trump. Um, why, why, why? Well, Stephen Molyneux says the scurrilous thing, um, the, great, the, the, the great thing about Western civilization, um, the reason for its progress was the embrace of doubt, having previously been uh, slavishly forced to obey the Catholic Church uh, or be burned, uh, we were freed of that and we then came to doubt and then with that came experimentation, with that came the Industrial Revolution and da-da-da-da and increased life expectancy and all the goodies that we've got. But that was because of the, the you know, the freeing to, to, to doubt and the societies that stayed stuck, according to Stephen Molyneux, were those that were certain but wrong. Um and, and Canada is something, uh, as a country, I've been following very closely. And uh, simply because I think, uh, my limited understanding is, we are going to be following the exact same path. There has yeah. been so much you yeah. and cry over the mass graves of, uh, you know, the indigenous kids. Their mass graves found near the residential schools. They haven't found a single corpse. But that story has been going around. I, now, I'm not saying were they corpses or were they not? But not a single one has been found. But they keep saying mass graves. Now, oh, Canada nice. also, just like us, has recently declared a new national holiday. And for the first time, it will be on 30th September this year. They call it the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. God, they need some, don't they? What's that one yeah. called? And then... They have already accepted the First Nations law. They set up a tribunal and they have accepted oh, that the First Nations oh, law of the indigenous people, it will be a separate, uh, you know, it will be a distinct standalone legal jurisdiction. And, it, you know, yeah. it said that we have ignored the indigenous people's legal systems, whatever they may call them. And Canada is pretty much uh, just like us. They opened up a consultation for uh, water with the First Nations people, but not with the other Canadians. Other Canadians no. had a one-month, no, I think, consultation time. The tribes had a year. So we are, but if we you are get going up down and, the same path. It's all about breaking up the nation-state. All, all, it's all about breaking up the Western nation-states to make it, to, to, to discombobulate everybody and uh, make common bond with other people that want to bring down the states and advantage themselves. And this is all to, this, to that is, plan. What is aiding them? Our apathy, our just going along, oh, yes. our silence, uh, cowardice. We have been trained, bullied, somehow coerced into being quiet. They shut we've down. We've just been taught this way over the last decade or two. It's just yeah, been the way talk. things have been. The way things have been introduced to us, the way things have been put across to us. We've been trained politically over the last two or three decades just to become this way. 
Oh, that's right. We, 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 that's why I'd appreciate um, having uh, Brad in this conversation and Pem Bird and, and others and Maori people uh, because that, that's the elephant in the room in New Zealand all the time. And um, we need to be able to have that. If we do believe in fairness and democracy and um, and uh, setting aside the past and what's the other thing, unity, uh, as Pem was saying, and men of every creed and race, which now means people of every creed and race, um, you know, that has to that has to be taken seriously, and uh, because there's not a lot of white people who have done anything wrong in terms of brutalizing or disrespecting uh, or disadvantaging Maori. Uh, some from the past may have done, and certainly there was uh, a lot of disadvantaging done the other way, and 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 murdering and so on the other way. So we have to be able to sit down, maintain our friendships. I have new friendships that I wasn't expecting, uh, and I would like to be able to sit down and discuss that subject in a mutually respectable way and see if relationships can remain intact while we express the differences on those on on well that particular issue I'm, I'm keen to know what the new what the constitution um, that Brad has been working on is about too uh, because it it, it, uh, it will only work if it if, if everybody feels included and involved and not marginalized and uh, we'll see. But that's the opportunity, it seems to me, at the moment, uh, to make something of this unique circumstance. We can actually reform and rebuild. And um, if we could do but so... We just have to you know, go through these uh, uncomfortable uh, conversations, in, engage in them. Yes, and, well, yes we, can't sh we can't shun them. It's yeah. easier to be... Because we, we are united by go. this... What's that, Max? Yeah. We're united now, uh, people who are not normally united. Mm. Yeah. Mm. There's a lot of people I, who are I, not I normally to... united who are united with a common enemy. Um, and the common enemy is much bigger than we thought. It's the whole political class. Yeah. Um, and we need to crystallize that in the minds of people who are despairing at having to vote national to get rid of Labour. That, that, that sort of thinking... This, that's almost controlled opposition to be thinking that. We've got to get beyond thinking of the National Party as any kind of solution, any kind mm -hmm. of antidote to the Labour Party or the ACT Party who is run by a globalist weasel who Jaspreet and I have both tangled with. Um, so if we could get into the public's mind that we, we do need to uh, start again, we do need to wipe clean the whole political slate and nothing else will do. That would be quite, a, as Grant said, an exciting project. And a lot of people would get behind that. We've got a bit of a delay, and Max has been wanting to say something there. Oh, what do you want to add, Max? I'm just sort of, uh, as we're going through, like um, people just accept things because I used to be get really angry about things, political around the world in New Zealand, but I would just be passive about it instead of speaking out because you can get too angry and just start getting involved in it and then it wraps you up in your life. 
you become mm-hmm. unpopular and it doesn't stop. You've got to keep going and going and you, you get a name for being a bad person as they tag you. But through life, through things that happened to me, I now stand up. I'm becoming a lot more political. I speak up more. Um, I'm doing a course that I've been mandated out of. Um, but they love me in that course because I speak out. I ask questions outside the box. I'm very vocal in there. I dig down into everything deep. Um, through that, I've become more vocal. Now I'm becoming more political. I speak up. I say no. I get on a lot of websites now, and um, I write stuff up there that I'm surprised I haven't been banned from Facebook yet. I don't get too out of it. I try and stay within the boundaries of legally writing, which I've been taught to do. Um some of the sites that I write on for News Hub and um, the New Zealand Herald, some of their posts, I write up things on there to do with um, um, Jacinda following her Tektra, what are they, the Tektra, uh, Tekna, Rents or whatever, the... Um, technocracy. Yeah, techno, techno, technocrats and yep. the um, mass um, psychosis and... Um, my comment is the last comment. It's been switched off, and they sort of take it off the Facebook page. Um, I've got to go back into News Hub and go through and find their article, and I'm the last one there. They've cut it off and taken it out because of my post. Um, uh, well done, Max. I mean, that's, that's great. Every, we all need to be leaders. Learning to speak up and be ready to take the heat that comes from it. That's what I think learning to debate, want. don't you? You know, like at school, there's not enough debate. That's good to argue. Arguing is good. You just got to know how to argue, know the rules. And, and it's a matter of being done. ready to get up and do it. Mm. A lot of people don't want that. That puts them out of their comfort zone. I know so many people who don't want to go there. I know mm. so, so many people who just don't want to know what's going on. They can't stand the, the fighting that's going on on the the local media and media websites and stuff. They don't watch the news. There's so many people that are just switched off to everything. They've turned it off. They don't want to know yeah. about it. And this is where the big problem is. There's so many people that just uh, want to be sheeple and follow. There's others that aren't sheeple, but they don't want to know because it's just a headache to them. They don't want to get involved. They're just like, what will happen will happen, and hopefully it will work out right for us. And then you've got the people who are starting to speak up like uh, – pretty much everyone on here tonight, um, they're starting it to is, speak up and just take everyone on. I feel sorry um, for John Ansel. He hasn't been able to get a word in edgeways all night. Um, yeah, well, yeah. It, it happens yeah. to some people. Eh? <laughs> but it's just it's the whole yeah. big scenario. Point taken. You've got these <laughs> really that are bullying. We love your voice. And then you've got the people below trying to figure out how to ways to get to them and knock them off the pedestal. Mm. And you've got this big part of people that are just staying away from it because they don't want to become involved in it. It's, um... What do you think, John? Why do you think people won't speak up? I think that will always be the case. I mean, I, I just know my, my own journey. Um, I was, um, can you believe, paralysed with fear of public speaking uh, until I put myself through Toastmasters at the age of 42, um, having frozen on stage at a at an awards function, which should have been the highlight of my life when I was in my 20s. and I, I des- desperately didn't want to win. This is an advertising award thing um, because I might have to make a little speech. And that, this, you know, so most people, uh, when you go to 
a Toastmasters or an organization like that and you find your voice through, through having to practice week after week, then you find you've got a skill that other people haven't got because they haven't been through that because it's mm. the natural thing not to be able to speak. And it's the natural thing to be afraid of speaking in public and making a fool of yourself. Um, yeah. But when you get a bit of training, you suddenly think, wow, I, I, can, I can do this um, that I couldn't do before and that other people can't do. And so you found your voice. And Max, you found yours. It's a courageous, you know, it's easy for me to do this now. Here I am on a podcast. I've been interviewing people. That was never going to happen. Um, and the most, the, the gutsiest thing for me was to stand up at my first meeting and talk to 10 people. That was very, very hard for me um, because of the stage that I was at. And I think many people are in that stage and they can't stand up because they haven't got the experience. They don't know how to, and they, they're too afraid yeah. of the reaction. But you, Max, have found up. you found your voice, and Jess Preet's found hers. She was thinking you were thinking you weren't going to do anything like this, Jess Preet, weren't you? Were you shy, Jess Preet? Because you're not now. No, were you I shy in the early days? I have taken it's taken me a very long time, and. Uh, I have doubted myself. I have not been through a course like you, John. It's just something one day snap. There's just like this is enough. I've spent a de decade or more probably being quiet, and even when I speak, I think even today I'm, I'm often told just read, speak uh, slowly. Your if you speak really fast, your Indian accent comes through, and I get really conscious. But heck, mm. I figure it's now more important to be noisy at this point than mm. get every single thing, diction and whatever perfectly right. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to listen carefully. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, believing in yourself in chit -chatter. that's, that's, that's what it. I was told by someone on the course um, they said you know I'm really intelligent uh, I'm really ho -ha. <laughs> um, what's that but, um, ho -ha, annoying mm. oh okay <laughs> because I speak I speak so much now mm. um, in places but they said they learn a lot from me but I need to believe in myself um, yeah. I spend a lifetime of being uh, repressed. I've always spoken out. I used to use anger wickedly, but I've, I've walked away from that and I became passive and didn't want to speak up because I was scared I would get angry and just explode. I've overcome that and now I'm learning to speak up more and more without getting the angry explosion part because if you get angry and explode, you've defeated yourself. Um, I used to be a play playground fighter. Do you know that? I, I was you? a ground fighter. Yeah, I used to use my fists all the time until I my parents put me into uh, speech and drama. Wow. And I learnt uh, phonetics, the, the phonetic sounds, and started to um, really enjoy English. It, the words were a mystery to me for most of my life. and wow. uh, Most of my life, but most of my young life. And, um, yeah, and then I sort of traded in punching for um, debating and arguing. Well, do, do you always have a good voice? You've got a very good voice, very good broadcast no, voice. Terrible. I was trained. Um, well, first of all, John Thompson trained me. Um, he used to train BBC and, and radio people in New, in New Zealand years ago. I went to him in the 80s wow. when I decided I wanted to do this. And, um, yeah, and then I haven't done it for 30 years, so I'm just sort of back back talking again now. But uh, I used to be a fighter, but now I'm I'm not a fighter. The last thing I do. That's very interesting. Uh, this is a very interesting conversation. And, and Max, thanks for your part of it because um, I think that's what a lot of people have. I, I'm doubting. I doubt 
myself. Stefan said I had to, didn't he? Uh, but you know, we do doubt. I was when I was. If you can't speak, if you can't express yourself, yeah. you will well, do what you can. What you can only do. The only weapon you've got is your fists. Well, I think that might well, be the case with a lot of prisoners. They can't. They didn't learn to. They didn't learn to read and write, and mm. so that they haven't got that that way of uh, letting off steam, expressing themselves that way. Yeah, it's, it's a, also it's a matter of fantastic. if you're if you're going to speak and you get it wrong, okay, I can deal with being wrong myself about me. But if you're speaking about other things and you get it wrong, how's that going to affect other people? Is that going to create damage and um, despair in their lives? Um, I, even though I get angry with people, I want to sort them out. I'd be considerate. I would sort of start thinking about, well, I don't want to hurt their feelings. Um, so I'm sort of fighting myself. I want to speak to them about what they're doing wrong, but I don't want to hurt their feelings um, by telling them the truth. But this is just where uh, maybe my apathy was too twisted. It's um, If you're going to tell somebody they're wrongs, they're going to get hurt, and you've got to get used to the idea of it, and you've got to just go ahead and do it. Yeah, you can use your voice like uh, you know it's a weapon, isn't it? You've got to be careful. It's a, you've got to be careful yeah. that you don't use it in a bad way. It's like if you're going to sort somebody out, try and do it in a positive way. Don't mm. just take them down. Sort of be sort of, if you can, constructive in how you do it. Instead of just ripping somebody down and leaving them in shreds. Um, I just can't really deserve it. Of not course. when we're dealing with Pinky. Yeah. Just, uh, I, I can't help myself. My son told take me. Take them to... apart and um, put them on the hot plate, fry them up. <laughs> yeah. You know who I mean, so, Pinky, John. I th- yes, I think some people forfeit the right to be treated respectfully when they, you know, for example, murder I'd children. Murder our kids. I would draw the draw the line. Generally speaking, one should be, but you know, the the need to be respectful at all times, I think, is a is a danger when you are in a world war and the people are taking advantage of your good nature, which is what these criminals in New Zealand are doing, they can count on Kiwis being so nice mm. uh, that, yeah. that she'll just be able and to schmooze like the... Stopping there. She's yeah. a kindergarten teacher. She's treating us all like... Kinder, she's a kindergarten teacher um, uh, stroke murderer. There's not too many combina- combos like that. Yeah, um, there's a time for war, isn't there? There's a time to be yeah. polite. Well, I, I think, think you might find in, in the Bible, Grant, that that's the case. That's right. It's a Bible verse. But right now, it's not the time, isn't it, Shane? It's not the time to be polite, which is what she's telling us. And that's what the police are saying to us. When we go and when Shane asks a question at Kawakawa, what's the infection fatality rate? Yeah. The, in the, Israel. They turn around and look at him. The, the journalists turn around and say, you're impolite. Yeah. They're all trained to be yeah. polite. And that's how hey, Grant. Yeah, somebody somebody told me there's a bit in the Bible that's I think it's um, it's I think it's Psalm. You tell me Psalm 108 is it that oh, says that the leaders um, the leaders of the countries have their heads cut off. Wow, I like that bit because I was that was, that was, I was hanging. Years. Then I was thinking lethal injection. Now we've got guillotine. Um, I've heard there's rumours that they're bringing back guillotines. They've got a whole yeah. lot stockpiled in America. But it's in the book. It's in the book. Um, Psalm 108, I think. Psalm it doesn't quite say it that way in my one. I've got a Bible here that somebody gave me, and uh, it doesn't quite put it 
quite the same way, but it's uh, apparently what it means, that the Lord was not happy with the leaders of the countries and uh, at a certain point, and um, they, they got it in the neck. And I, I talk about this quite openly because I think we have to have... I said to the woman from Voices for Freedom who was telling me off, I said, if everybody did that, if everybody, if we made it a national thing to discuss which method of execution uh, the perpetrators, with an eye in it, shall suffer, then the perpetrators might not perpetrate quite so much. If they knew what was coming. If uh, they knew through, what everybody through. was talking, if they knew what everybody was talking about was coming, mm. yeah. Go ahead, Max. If there's no decent punishment, nothing severe, no who's going to care about it? That's that's yeah. what happens in New Zealand. Nobody cares because the punishment for anything is like a slap on the wrist, a little fine, or maybe a couple of years in jail instead of uh, 10 or 15 years or a few thousand. Uh, it's all so low, nobody really cares. Well, I, I cared about getting a hundred fifty dollar fine for listening to Jess Breet and me on a on a podcast. <laughs> How did that happen? They doubled that. They, they've doubled it. I think they've doubled it from what it used to be. That's just another way that they're trying to make life difficult for people. That's that you you were fined for. It's that speech coming out of your your phone. Yeah, I wasn't texting. I wasn't. I, I was only holding my phone. Oh, you're in the car. above the window so that I could hear. Oh. But I might as well have been listening to the radio. I said that yeah. to the cop. I said, you know, well, would you have fined me for listening to the radio? No, but I didn't know that you weren't texting on the phone. Well, I'm telling you. and uh, they, rely on, they rely on you not going to court. Go to court, you'll win it. Yeah, I might. Mm. It's a matter but of But it's like somebody Lord. can punch somebody in the head and they don't even go to jail. They get a, get a small fine. Okay, well, if I'm going to get a small fine, uh, I'll just go out next weekend and get drunk and smack somebody else in the head that uh, uh, annoys me or I don't like the looks of. Um, but, yeah, but policemen, the gang, the blue gang, can can knee uh, Brad Flutie in the in the testicles and uh, and taser him twice and, and get the away back. with it. And the, and you know what? Yep, They're that, supposed to aim just in his body belly and the groin. <laughs> That's that's the that's the um, training that they get with the tasers. They came out six years ago, and they're supposed to call out taser, taser, and and try and yep. get the the person to focus on the dots. Look at the dots. Don't move. Don't do that. And they they say taser. They keep saying taser. These guys snuck up. One that that mufti cop snuck yeah. up with the taser behind his back to inflict pain on Brad Flutie. He had a naked. He'd taken his shirt off. Hadn't yeah, he? Yeah. Before yeah, that? They yeah. tore it off him. Oh, no, he, he, was all uh, he, he, he got it off in the end, yeah, but it was all torn. And he had four spikes, two in the back and two in the front, and they were quite high. That could have got him in the eye. Yeah, that was disgusting. And, uh, I want to play you something, actually. Had this they is, checked him out beforehand, had they decided he was an enemy of the state to be made an example of, or did they just was he just a random guy? I rather doubt well, it. I found it interesting that that fellow just appeared out of nowhere that the, the Mufti guy, it was as though he was being surveilled. Yeah. I wonder if he was being surveilled. Yeah. Is that the word? Yeah. 
Um, but have a listen to what they say on, about tasers. And just listen carefully to how they, they brought it in. They say uh, out of every nine times a taser is... Um, um, oh, hang on, I'll let, you, I'll let you listen to it. Listen to my voice, do as I say and you won't be harmed. Look at the dots, look at the dots on your belly. Good, do as I say. No, don't do that. Face taser. Taser. Now I'm going to taser. I'm pleased to announce that frontline police response staff uh, will uh, move to routine carriage of taser. This important change is about enhancing the safety of New Zealand communities, police staff and offenders included. It's clear from the substantial research and evidence collated over the last five years that the time is now right for us to take this step and move to routine carriage of taser. For what a what a crock. They're also shooting more people, aren't they, as well? That's what it's supposed to be uh, replacing, but I think they're probably shooting more people than they ever have, perhaps deservedly. Wow! By that, by that definition, people shoot themselves pretty much. By that definition, couldn't people also declare that they could uh, arm themselves and defend themselves at their house? Because I'm sure studies would show that people who were armed at their house and people came into their house to hurt them, probably more people who were armed were safer. I don't we know about the person. Absolutely. Yeah, maybe maybe the they should give it. Where Good idea. It's uh, we're not allowed to <laughs> harm anyone, or we get done for harming them. This is mm. the way they've got the law worded now. Have they're a listen to break into your home and threaten you, and hurt you. But if you take their weapon off them and you hit them back and hurt them with that, you're liable. Well, that's what I thought it happened when I watched that video. I thought a member of the public had picked up the police taser and now was going to use it. Yeah, looked like. Um, have a listen to the rest of this promotional uh, video. It was for for the police. It was the last police commissioner brought it in. This, you know, at the time when it first came in, you probably thought, "Oh, oh, it sounds good," but really, there's a lot of spin in it. Every nine times a taser is presented, it is only discharged once. <laughs> well, that didn't happen, did it? On Monday, they pulled the thing out. I think two tasers were pulled out. Three, I think three cops are having a crack at him and yeah. three, and it was used twice. Yeah. <laughs> what a joke. And the taser wasn't time. said once. The taser has an extremely low rate of injury, just 1% for all deployments across those five years. Um, you would have noticed that I was aiming here. Yeah. Now, he is saying you would have noticed that I was aiming here, which is the belly and the groin. Now, um, um, Brad was shot in the upper chest area, one in the upper chest and one sort of about mid midsection. So they didn't do the, they haven't got proper training. They're not supposed Don't to like the groin idea much. Well, that you know, shoot them in the legs, <laughs> legs and belly. Yeah. It's a safe place. You, you yeah. got him quite close to his face. They could have blinded him. Those are spikes. I don't think even and from being from the U.S. where they use these sort of tactics quite often, I I've never seen a video where someone was shot in the back. That's yeah. the surprising part of, I mean, there's lots of surprises in that video, but that's a really surprising part that someone shot him in the back. I mean, it's just mm. cowardice. Yeah, absolutely. He held up, he held up very well, didn't he? Really? He, he almost shrugged it off. 
if he could have got the wires out of his back, he would have carried on. I reckon it was. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize that. He said you just break the wires. I thought. I th- I thought he actually pulled the pulled the barbs out of himself at the front, but they obviously yeah. just pull them and break them. And I suppose that's not so that you don't rip flesh. It's got a sort of a breakaway thing. But he he should be able to go them for that because you know Absolutely. he he was not uh, a homicidal maniac. Uh, which is what you expect somebody being attacked by a, with a taser to be. Yeah. He's just a, a political thinker. You know, they want to teach a, with a good set of fists. <laughs> there seems to be a there seems to be a shift in what the police are told to do. When the mask mandates first arrived, I just picked up the phone and dialed one 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 and said, "If I go into a store without a mask, what are you going to do about it?" And they said, "Well, you know, it's about education." And I said, "Are you going to arrest me?" And they said, "No." Unless you're disorderly. Well, as we've seen, there have only been maybe one case prior that they said someone just was disorderly the whole time. But in the past week, we've had Brad, we've had someone in who was a peaceful protester in Gisborne and two in Christchurch, where the police just rocked up, heard a story, and decided to, to arrest them for disorderly conduct. It seems their tact has, has changed. And I did query the the police officers up at Watangi yesterday and said, you know, has there anything come down from on top from, from command, central command that says that you are supposed to change your tact when it comes to protests. And uh, the guy just looked at me and said, no comment. No comment. So I think so there's been a shift somewhere. From above. Have you seen that? Have you heard that thing that's doing the rounds of a woman talking about a gun shop in Hamilton and how they had a meeting and, uh, or the police, presumably she's referring to the police where they're going to ransack the homes of, of gun owners. Have you guys heard that? No. I have just, I have heard that. I just haven't seen any evidence to a decision has been taken to ransack the guns of ransack the homes of innocent gun owners. Well that's what they did with Carl Bromley. Yeah. Yeah. He was the kind of guinea pig for that perhaps, but mm. and they just I, what do they do? Do they make up a story and say that you've you know, some, we've got a complaint. Someone's someone's said you, you you're a bit nutty or something. How do we yes, know that's true? Yeah, they, that's and, and that's an interesting interesting part of it, New Zealand at this point in time is because what you said, Grant, is somebody can just say something, which means yeah. you're guilty until proven innocent, and that's you right. have no right to figure out who the complainant is either. You can't even face your accuser, which uh-huh. is just completely against due process of how the yeah. West runs itself. And you can't that, argue the law with anyone, or that's disorderly. It does illustrate the genius of the American founding fathers, though, doesn't it, Shane? Anticipating all of this. And, and what they said was, well, we gave you the First Amendment, and as soon as you lose the First Amendment, that's why you have the Second Amendment, because when this one's gone, it's all over. Freedom yeah. of speech and the right to arm yourself. Yeah, yep. and the right to arm yourself was not to protect yourself from criminals, but to protect yourself from tyrannical governments, or bigger criminals, yeah, I guess. Well, well, they've taken that one away. They've taken mm-hmm. away our right to arm ourselves. Now they're taking away our right to speak. We do have the right to arm ourselves. There's an old law in 1688, which is still in our watch it, um, watch it today. You. What are you, a Catholic? <laughs> the Catholics aren't allowed to own. To, to be armed, but the Protestants are. You mean the you mean the Irish Catholics weren't allowed to be armed? 
Oh, well, you'd be nitpicking. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was for, because you had immigration. No, it, it was 1688. It was after the gunpowder plot, about 80 Get years ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was nothing to do with the Irish. We didn't have Irish then. Look, I tell you what, if the if the English are of, the, of a mood to uh, compensate the Irish for the potato famine, I think you'll find my Irish lineage coming out in all directions. Same There's only 70 million of <laughs> I, got sim- I got Scots and I got Irish. I think I got more Scots and, I- Scots and Irish than I've got English. Brad's got Irish. Uh, uh, Scots. If the English would like to do that, I think I, I shall become instantly aware of my <laughs> Irish and Scots um, fuckapapa or whatever it's called. Um, and I shall be uh, totally transformed into... Um, to all intents and purposes, an Irishman. Well, they pay us in pints. What's that? Pay us in pints. That's right. And I'll be lining up along with the rest of the um, the people from the land of the bogs and little people for my share. <laughs> but that's what that's the self interest you see. But uh, we are what we are. We 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 can't really help where we come from, and and uh, we should be able to rub along. In equal fashion, I reckon, in a transformed New Zealand, but that's that'll be an interesting discussion. We haven't had very many people ring in about the talkback. Perhaps I better play an ad for the for the show. I better play an ad for okay. next week. How would you like to finally have your say? Only time will tell. Will we go to heaven or hell? But I'm gonna tell you this. Well, now's your chance. Give Grant Edwards a call on Saturday night after 8 at Liberty NZ here on Podbean. Because if you want to get right down to it, Hmm. I'm going to tell you right now, and I have firearms that I'm ready. Join Grant Edwards here at Liberty NZ Podbean. See you then. (laughs) I got a itchy finger, and I don't hunt deer. (laughs) That guy's Johnny, Johnny Rebel. And he's actually a hang of a nice guy. He was very drunk that night. I can't believe he's real. I can't he's believe he's not you doing a character voice. No, and he comes on the oh, show shit. a lot. I've heard him. And he's he's actually a host on quite a few different podcasts on Podbean. Holy. He's very good, very reserved. He's, he, he must have had quite a lot of Jack Daniels that night when he nearly tripped <laughs> over the dog. And the wife came out and said, what are you doing? He was naked. He went to get some liquor. <laughs> what are you, you inviting you people right? to? Hmm? What are you inviting <laughs> people to? You're a bit of a warrior, there, Grump. <laughs> I really like him. I, I, I like him. I got firearms. <laughs> I, I, what he was gonna bad name, Shane. I thought you were taking the Mickey. <laughs> oh, yeah, I thought he was. Johnny Rebel. Yeah. I mean, it's called Johnny Rebel. That's, that's sort of taking the Mickey right there. As like, hey, I'm from the southern U.S., y'all, and y'all better watch out because the South gonna ride. That's how he talks, and that's not <laughs> a character. That's what he Come on, Johnny Rebel. No, it's, he's a real person. That's his handle, like your house pharmacist. But he's Johnny Rebel. I don't know his real name, but he's a real person. I didn't just make <laughs> that. Character. I didn't get John Ansel to do that voice, <laughs> or, or Shane Chafin. Two, two of the top character voices in the country at the moment. My God. I, I like when Shane does uh, Bill Gates. 
I think, yeah. I think what's happening in New Zealand is going to be good for everybody. And the more I listen to John talk about time bombs in the blood tunnels, I like what you're saying, John. You're hired. <laughs> if you need a job, Microsoft, yeah, go down up. Actually, while we're talking about him, um, I've got something that I need to play. I wanted to play, but I couldn't play because it, it was riveting um, talk earlier on on the last podcast. Let me just find it. Will be one moment, please. Uh, just speak amongst yourselves for a second. Now, where is it? The lies. Oh. You hear this? Have a listen to this. There's been over a 20 to 1 return. If you had put that money into an S&P 500 and reinvested the dividends, you'd come up with something like $17 billion, but you think it's $200 billion. Here, yeah. You're okay. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. These vaccines are highly, highly effective. Vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. They're really, really good against variants. Everyone who takes the vaccine is not just protecting themselves, but reducing their transmission uh, to other people and allowing society to get back to normal. Get your first shot, and when you're due for your second, get your second shot. Our key goal is to stop the transmission, to get the immunity levels up so that you get almost no, almost no uh, infection going on whatsoever. When people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. If you're vaccinated, you're not going to be hospitalized. You're not going to be an ICU unit, and you're not going to die. If you are fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. Anyone who is fully vaccinated can participate in indoor and outdoor activities, large or small, without wearing a mask or physical distancing. But what they can't do anymore is prevent transmission. You know, we didn't have vaccines that block transmission. We got <laughs> vaccines that help you with your health but they only slightly reduce the transmissions. We need a new new way of doing the vaccine. The level of virus in the nasopharynx of a person who's <laughs> vaccinated and infected is the same level as the level of virus in the nasopharynx of an unvaccinated person. Reports from our international colleagues, including Israel, suggest increased risk of severe disease amongst those vaccinated early. And if you look at Israel, mm -hmm. which has always been a month to a month and a half ahead of us, they are seeing a waning of immunity, not only against infection, but against hospitalizations and to some extent death. A booster might actually be an essential part <laughs> of the primary regimen that people should have. The plan is for every, every adult to get a booster shot. Uh, clearly one of the best investments uh, I've ever been involved in. <laughs> that was Bill Gates. At the end. For every dollar, he gets 20 bucks back that wow. he gets with the vaccine industry. That's the game to be in. Yeah, you, you made a mistake getting out of that business there, Shane. You must be <laughs> well, truth. I was never that. in that business. Yeah, but you, you must like truth more than more than more than money. Otherwise, you would be uh, in that business, wouldn't you? I don't like big pharmaceutical companies, and I never have thought they were great. So I'm not. I have a soul. That, that I have seems a soul. Like an oxymoron. <laughs> Is that what, the right word? That's a conundrum to me. Now, that's because you're bent in the head about this. Had you been to? I didn't know you'd been to Oxy. Yeah. Okay. Can you can you explain that, that again? Where you got your degree? The slow people like me. So. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, so I'd, I'm sure a long time ago, which is why you call these people chemists down here in this part here part of the world, mm -hmm. uh, that they, you know, we did. We used to make 
medications and dispense them, but we made them on site. That, that went away a long, long time ago. Pharmacists are not making most medications. We, we compound some medications, but we don't make the chemical moiety or the, you know, the chemical that becomes whatever the drug is that goes in to fight cholesterol. That's done by large pharmaceutical companies. And so yeah. pharmacists have been out of that game for, it's probably near, it's, we're probably coming up on 70, 100 years somewhere there. Like I'm, I'm about to go back and look, but it's a mm-hmm. very, very long time. So somebody well, else makes the drugs. Well. We review profiles. We look at drug interactions. We look at patient demographics. We review profiles. We see how the patient did with that medication. I mean, we're trying to keep people safe. We're not trying to, we're not, we're not the drug. I mean, if they, the honest part is, is I don't understand the confusion because if we were the cheerleaders for the pharmaceutical industries, they wouldn't need drug reps because there's a whole lot of us pharmacists in the world. So that's not our job. It never was. And in my, I went to university of Cincinnati pharmacy school Mm -hmm. of pharmacy. And in there, they taught us not to trust drug companies. They showed us films about how terrible drug companies can be. So we, we question that. I never did that. Wow. It's hard to imagine a world with no drug companies, but that's how it was in the old days when you used to make up all the potions yourself. So yep. you were trained chemists. So they don't call you chemists now, they call you pharmacists. Do, yeah, you, we're not that? Do you wish you were chemists again? Not really. Not really. I mean, Mm. our profession has gone away from what's going more away from and see how far they get Mm. uh, specifically away from bench work and uh, that sort of thing and to into patient care. Right. So clinical, you were in clinical pharmacy, weren't you? Yeah. If you, if you graduate from a school of pharmacy in the United States, you get, you graduate with a doctorate. So that's they're they're Mm. pushing toward a, more of a clinical stance in medicine hmm. <clears throat> as a field. Imagine making, these, uh, imagine making these COVID vaxxers, you know, you've got, you're out the back with your pestle or whatever it is with your mortar and you, you've got the graphene oxide. Yeah, got some graphene oxide there at the back. Okay, <laughs> where's the uh, nanobot? Okay, put that in. <laughs> and per, <laughs> and per the Indians, the, the, a- the, the HIV codons. Yeah, aluminum and the yeah, and the what the other things that are in it. Terrible, terrible things. You Do could, you reckon that's all true? You know, like Dr. Conlon from Murupara, he wrote in his report that this he, he saw the evidence of the magnetic of coins mm-hmm. sticking to the person's one of the patient's chest, and he wrote it down. And that's what this infiltrator young doctor had been with him for three months, potted him to the medical council on. I'm glad you brought him up. He's an interesting case because I saw News Hub, or I think it was News Hub, not the New Zealand Herald Hitler, but one of them came mm. after him and said, yeah, oh, oh, he called it a gene therapy. Like this was the complaint from that trainee doctor. He called it a gene therapy. And I, I thought, well, so did Stefan Ulrich, who mm. is the a board member. I think he's the CEO of Bayer Pharmaceuticals at the World Health Summit recently in t- 2021, mm. called it a cell gene therapy. And yet they have the nerve to go after this doctor for doing the same thing. And Stefan Ulrich actually said he was surprised at how popular cell gene therapy had become because of the pandemic. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It's a genetic time bomb. Mm. But uh, the, 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 um, 
No, I've forgotten what I was going to say. You were saying I something. Do that all the time. Uh, I think it's good to do that from time to time. I was reading something on my screen, and that's what scrambled my brain. I can't do, can't multitask. Just spreads a bit quiet. She's, well, I was reading in the um, still awake. Yes, definitely, definitely still awake. Oh, say something. Day, they said, um, Sorry, Max. <laughs> oh, just on the health day, there was a thing came up in one of my posts. Health day, some sort of a thread. Um, and it says it's uh, actually from um, the Boston Uni School, University School in um, Public Health. Um, came out in the American Journal of Epidology or whatever it is. Uh, uh, COVID, COVID vax won't epidemic. affect fertility, but uh, getting COVID might. Um, Sorry, the newest, newest what article. The they're Can saying you... that the um, COVID, the COVID vaccine, won't affect fertility, but getting COVID might. Oh, That's the new way of throwing it away. I'm pleased it won't. Uh, propaganda is good. That's good propaganda. But it's just, yeah. it's amazing. They're just bringing out more and more and more. Every step that people are saying, yeah. uh, s- sort of scientists are coming out with bringing them down, they're now bringing up other ways to turn it around and say that it's the other way around. They're just, it's the way they're promoting it to everybody because Unvexed everyone's people. not getting the, the facts that the we're finding. Like you and John and and Jaspreet and Shane, these filthy unvaxxed people are the ones causing this. I had a fellow, yep. I've got him on record, he said to me, it's because of people like you, because I wasn't wouldn't wear a mask in the store, people like you, that my children have to wear a mask at school. I said, no, it's because you're stupid is why your children <laughs> have to wear a mask at school. No, I said I like you're an idiot. I should have said stupid. I like it. Well, speaking uh, speaking of uh, going every step. Uh, speaking of stupid mm-hmm. idiots, can we talk about uh, yeah. White, uh, what happened in Waitangi or in uh, Paihia yesterday? Oh yes, please, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. And then I'll play what did... those two Marigolds were doing. <laughs> oh, go ahead, please, please play that. that that'd be grand. I can play it first. Yeah. I took yeah. out some. I, I took only about fifty of the, the f words out, but there's still the. That's only fifty one. left. <laughs> well, it's just hard case that they went up and pre-did this. It's just ridiculous. Oh yeah, they pre-recorded. Jacinda Ardern's pre-recorded the sixth of oh, Waitangi because she knows foreign she tax money. Massive taxpayers' money spending up on her little whims. What is that fiscal envelope? I mean, I'm aware of the phrase, but what what was in particular was it, was happening with it at Waitangi? Yeah, she's the, doing that, the Waitangi. Pre-recorded, isn't she, Shane? Yeah, that's well, pre-recorded. Pre-recording for the Waitangi because Waitangi's yeah. cancelled. Cancelled it because she knows she, no one. Uh, she, she'll get um, and nationals pissed because Luxon's not in there. <laughs> but what's the fiscal envelope that, that she's talking about? What I mean, the fiscal envelope oh, used to be referred to I mean, as the uh, it was the total amount to be paid in treaty settlements. So that that came and went in about '96. They massively overspent it, but but. What what's what's its current meaning? Does anybody know? No, I don't think anyone does now. Google, <laughs> Google. <laughs> that was your speech. You know, there. Max, you're Maori, aren't you? Uh, uh yeah, no. but I don't stand up for everything they do, mate. It's uh, uh-huh. it's uh, Br- Brad will know. He'll know what's going on. They go too far. 
So she had, she was making uh, some formal speech at Waitangi, and uh, Shane once again, or Shane's friends, rudely interrupted. Yeah. yeah, and Teotinga, what did you do? Yes, yes, she was there, uh, loud and proud. They, uh, they had a. I, I understand that in Waitangi in the past, you could just go right into the grounds where the speakers were, yeah, and and enjoy the pomp and pompous and Not circumstance. However, this time they they shut all the gates and they tried to block everything off. You could go up that way, but you couldn't go onto the grounds at all. Mm. And uh, there was a there's gates, so we were at the top gate, or the protesters were, and I was up there covering them. And they came out and said that the protesters would have to move back from the gate. They'd been there for hours, and uh, they asked why, and they said, "Well, it's very dangerous for you guys to be right here." And I thought, "Well, <laughs> this is a joke. This is because that the, the people inside can now hear this." Uh, forming crowd of people out here because they were really loud. So they tried to move them on. Even from that, they had a paddy wagon that they hit up the hill, but we I went up and scouted it out and let them know that we knew they were there. They moved the paddy wagon down there. They had dogs there right by where everybody walked through. They had a tow truck, a police tow truck there, and they had a round of about 10 police officers extra because they had already about, I don't know, five or ten security people who are police officers, but they were dressed in different clothing, plus a few uh, uniformed police officers. The interesting thing about it was none of those police officers had their little numbers on them, which they normally do, their badge numbers. Mm. And when somebody would ask them for a badge number, they, they wouldn't tell them. They weren't sworn so up. this became a... an issue is, mm. is what, who were they and what were they doing there that day? Oh. Like, so if you... So it, it took a bodyguards. Just send yeah. body. That's well. We well. They had those two. Uh, she she is, she came out and there, it's almost like I think it was a decoy. There was a car that came out with two flags on the front of it, and the protesters immediately went over to it. Somebody walked in front of it, tried to slow it down, and uh, behind it was another car that looked like you know maybe a security car or something. I walked up to the window in the back and there was a woman sitting in there skinny woman and she immediately folded this hat over her face and they took off so Sunday i'm thinking she was i'm thinking she was in the back car and the the front car was where everybody thought she would be and they would go to it so they decoyed her but she went down to Pahia, switched into <laughs> a van and then these uh these protesters caught up with her and i think france probably got that that audio queued up now eh, Grant? Jacinda's van. Oh, my mom's gonna get arrested. <laughs> There's just some bar. Hiding in the van. We do not consent. That's too many. How much money yep. did you get paid? Shame on you. Look at her hiding in the back. Hiding in the back. She's in there. You wussy ass bitch. That's your French, huh? Right, <laughs> right, 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 right,
What a great laugh. But you wait and see the, the reviews that come out about that. That'll be Andy Vax's attack, Prime Minister. It was just fun, fun <laughs> girls, girls and the car having a lot of fun. It was just a and, then, and they actually, that the van started to take off because you hear the one woman just going at her. And so yeah. they get in the van, they start to take off, and the people, the girls that you hear on there, drove up and right in front of her van and blocked it. They had to go up onto the footpath. Yep. and to get away, and then here comes security Good. screaming behind him down the, down the footpath. Yeah, and the SUV went over the footpath a lot better than the security guys in the Holden. The, the, you, you can see that guy yeah. scraping the muffler, uh, muffler and the bumper at the back. Oh, and this is the sort, they, this is the sort of welcome Jacinda gets when she comes to Northland. So it's amazing yeah. that she came back. I, I, I can't believe she was, well, like I said in my sort of intro to this, Stupid enough to come back to Northland after Kawakawa. Yeah, she's um, certainly. Well, she's just. She can't say she hasn't asked for it. Mm. Yeah, it's so deceptive. We need to send that the, to all um, governments have been deceptive. Yes. Yeah, you're right, Max. Oh man, they all—they all need to be put in jail and just the key thrown away. And I, I reckon put them in jail for life and put a ball and chain on their ankle. They're going to carry that to remember every moment of their life that they did wrong and they're not going to forget it. So, well, John Ansel's been warning them. But I, um, I, I, like, I think put them in jail and put that ball and chain on them. So they have always got something there to remind them they can't get comfortable. They've got a ball and chain on their ankle and that's with them everywhere they move, where they sleep. It's there to remind them that they've done wrong they can't get comfortable with the TV or whatever in jail. They've got a ball and chain on them all the time. Just to... break some rocks, make those roads like the. Well, I don't even care. Just if they go to the toilet, they go for a shower, they go to eat wherever they move in bed. They got a ball and chain on their ankle, and that just reminds them that where they are and what they've done. There's no comfort yeah. about it. It's just you married guys know what it's like, eh? <laughs> ball and chain. <laughs> You make me sound humane. <laughs> well, it's just... Makes your heart, I mate. can think of worse. I would like to have a tall tree with piano wire, but that's out of date now, so... Oh, no. Um, We've got... It's judicial, though, Max. It has to be judicial. Just, the ball and chain, I think, is... um. But my bet is if things get bad like that, she'll be on a plane with her family over to some country where she's... Uh, Safe there, they can't bring her out of there. Beijing, yeah. Well, that's probably yeah. Mm. uh, Saudi Arabia, that's where Idi Amin went, wasn't it? She'd be welcome. She'd be welcome in Saudi Arabia. She's one of the girls. That's what I reckon will happen if it gets that bad, and we can get her down to um, Nuremberg trials and stuff. Um, If she can, she'll jump on a plane and bail it. She's got two hundred million or whatever in. His bank account from Pfizer for the uh, for buying up their drugs, haven't they? <laughs> do you, look, I heard twenty million or twenty five million. Is that is that where do you get that from, Max? Like, where do we find this information? That was just somewhere on some talk somewhere. Um, through the millions of millions of everything that's going on, that just came through somewhere. At, uh, it wouldn't surprise me. Two hundred mil. It wouldn't surprise 200 me. Two hundred mil, nothing. No. Apparently his drug his drug trial has come back. It might be a reason why the wedding has been 
put off. I hear, hear these things. I have no idea if it's true, but he's oh, a trial. That trial. apparently a heroin and drug importer and there was a big trial and then it got stopped. And uh, mm. then I heard that his uh, sister is married to the Wokester, the police commissioner, so that would be interesting. That would account for why, why he's uh, being let off. But who knows if any of this is true. I don't. But there are people here uh, not too far from me who are related to who, to him. Uh, and uh, they read Hallett back in the country, but can he's certainly confirm that confirm that there was a nanny and the nanny is in Australia and there was a oh, baby and all this sort of stuff. I can confirm that from a, yeah. a, a lady that I know very well. She said there's definitely a nanny. He definitely had an affair with her. That mm. uh, he doesn't want to get married apparently, but um, he kind of has to, or his drug dealers, his drug uh, trial is going to go ahead. Uh, <laughs> So, so who knows? Hand around his as well. <laughs> he, he's not that chuffed about it, but um, it's kind of necessary for appearances or something. I don't know. You hear things. Who knows if they're true? Well, so a, what do you think they've got on? Well. What do you think they've got on Jacinda? So he's a druggie. What Bridal. Bridal. I, I saw a video going around with her smoking a pea pipe. That was fake. Yeah, That's yeah. fake. Was it? That's, that that doesn't look like her enough to me. Well, it looks like her. Looks like her to me. Looks like exactly her. I would have thought. Mm. Apparently, I'm she, you know, according to the same information, is that they were doing the dealing together. Mm. Um, well, that's how you compromise, and that's what Hallett says. It's all about shame. If you don't do what you're told, if if the globe, if you don't do what the globalists tell you to do, and they put you in power, they'll either kill you, or they will shame you. So they have them all compromised. They honey trap them. But how are they controlling the rest of the political parties? Everyone's They're shut up. No one's coming. No one is They're going against this uh, COVID, against the, vi the vaccines. Yeah. I'll no guarantee you that they're all honey trapped. They're probably pedophiles or something. They don't want their, pa their parents or their their family to find out about. They're being they muzzled somehow. Them up with their cameras. A whole lot that. of them. Not one of them is stepping out and saying, this is wrong. There's one um, former National Party candidate. Um, former. Matt King. They get their well, courage when they leave. He's speaking up. Don't we have a... Don't we yeah, have a they're just, uh, they're being muzzled too. somehow. They're being muzzled big time. Mm. And it must well, be a muzzled, pretty powerful you, muzzle for them all to shut up. You've got to have something on them. If you've got nothing on them, you end up getting killed. Well, that's... There's something muzzling them up there... Because you, all all Jacinda's guys, her her squad, they're scared. They're scared when, of honesty. When they first came out, when they were going up onto the podium, mm. they were scared of her. You could see it in their eyes. They were scared to be around her. Now, um, Bloomfield's sort of a bit wary of her still because she's walked away from him. But because Hipkins and um, that deputy of uh, they all been doing her will on that, they're now happy to be. They're her lapdogs, and they they bow to her. They're happy because she's she's happy with them. They're proud to stand up and just rant off her narrative. Uh, but before the start, they used to be all shit scared of her. Karen um, McNulty, whatever his name is, the whip. He he acts a bit cocky around her on videos. He acts like he's very relaxed. Could be a shame. Now, now they're they're worked into their routine, and they're all been good little uh, puppies. They're getting patted and treats. They're all 
happy to be with her and do her thing. But to start with, uh, like a year ago or so, they, you, you, go, you go back and watch the old video clips and that, they were scared of being around her. She must have been a, a real vicious, uh, have some real threatening sort of bitch in, in the back doors there, said some real nasty <laughs> stuff to them to get them to bow to her. And uh, they were scared Clarkie of her. You could actually physically Helen Clark would have taught her that. Yeah. Do you think, because Helen Clark was a KGB prostitute. Oh, come on. <laughs> it's true. It's true, what? according to Greg Hallett, and he's got this massive. And I've been listening to a lot of him, uh, and from other people that have been interviewing him. And one guy's like a professor at emeritus. Is that how you pronounce it? <laughs> emeritus. Been, eh? Oh man, emeritus. 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 Is it Irish? Emeritus. 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 Yeah, and um, he's got all the man. He's got. Just pages. If you, he'll do a 500-page book and there'll be, well, this one's not, but he'll do a 500-page book and there'll be 150 pages of, <laughs> of references and bibliography. Is that what they call it? <laughs> Helen no, Clark, no, she wouldn't no, have been no, a no, big earner. No, no, she wouldn't have been a big earner, though, would she? She is. Oh, they like their woman butch over there, don't they? <laughs> she was that. compromised in Lincoln Cottage just after the, just after, in 2003. George I'd like Bush, to respond no, Hollywood. I'd like to respond to what John Ansel the, said. John Ansel, I think she made a lot of money because she did a whole country at once. I see what you mean. Yeah, well, yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's why Jacinda's making so much money. I've had the pleasure of uh, Helen's company in uh, advertising land uh, when I used to work on the Labour Party. You don't want to be late for her meetings. I was late. It wasn't my fault, actually, but, uh, boy, the withering stare that you get. And another guy around here was telling us that he was in a meeting. He was in some producer board or something, and she stalks in, and she, she says, you fucking get in my room. You know, she's swearing away, and she's, she's, she's talking to her own people. But you get you now. Here, go. go. In, in my office. In my office now. And lots of she um, might be a dominatrix like lots Christine. Of swear, lots of swearing and it really um, it was very very um, rude what she was doing in front of her own people, uh, in front of this uh, sort of board of other people. But she was she didn't care less about that. A very angry performance it was. Mm. But I, I had I had, um, I had an experience once. I was working for Mike Moore. Well, I quite like Mike Moore. I, I lingered on with Labour a couple couple of elections, too many. But um, <laughs> in '87, I was there was David Longy, and he was a delight. And I was working for the ad agency that had Labour, and we all kind of wanted to be on Labour account because they were they were the good guys then. They throw the money around, don't they? But um, yeah, the Mike, but Mike Moore, I quite liked anyway. He was the leader by '93, and um, I didn't actually want to do it, but. but uh, they said, how much do you want? I said, the hugest number I could think of. And they said, okay, start tomorrow. So money was no object, uh, it seemed. But um, but anyway, I had a, this idea for a, a slogan or something, and I went up and, and, and there was Mike and there was Helen, and Helen was the deputy. But um, she didn't seem to like mine. She said, she just barked back. She said, jobs, growth, health, which I took to mean that uh, – we don't like your slogan, but we think that, or I think that the slogan should be jobs, growth, health. 
And I thought, Mike, look, you know, I was looking over at him and thinking, come on, you're the leader. <laughs> well, it's been slogan, prepared by raids, though, that one, isn't it? The slogan became the Jobs, right Growth, Health. But that was but Helen. She thought she was the leader. and she, They would have won that election, 1993, if, if Helen's faction was not tearing down Mike's billboards and doing everything that they could to to um, sabotage the leader's campaign to the point where Mike Moore had to put up – he was actually seen putting up his own or repairing his own billboards in Auckland, I think it was. Uh, and so it was an internecine with, – with friends like Helen who needed, who needed an enemy, <laughs> the National Party were just kind of um, – <clears throat> Well, John, I think they got back in because they got back in because Labour were fighting Labour. John, I think the problem with you is you're looking at the world through uh, decent eyes people's of, eyes. Is it? How's he saying? <laughs> yeah. Hey, what's the that thing you've got? Person. Have you got that thing? Have you got that Zelenko saying where he's saying, "Why the hell would you give it to children?" Yeah, that's a wonderful I'll, thing. I'll I was hoping it. to. Get, just I after I say it. this. Yeah, page two hundred and thirty-two, New Zealand Blackmailers Guide. Author right. says, if you are a political leader, you are having sex overseas with anyone who is not your recognized partner, then you are filmed and bribed. That is how Helen Clark was trained by the KGB in the first place. She's a former Tavistock St. Petersburg prostitute. Is she a, as for, uh, she, uh, she is as forgetful as Christine Rankin. <clears throat> yeah, Christine Rankin. <clears throat> wow. you got to get this book. It's banned. <laughs> Wow. It's banned. This guy has been had 12 assassination attempts. The last one interview I heard with him was in 2016. And uh, I think he's the real deal. Is he on uh, YouTube or somewhere? Yep. Chris, um, Greg, Greg Hallett. Wow. And you think he's can real? Can get that book online? You can try. It's um, banned. I've got a site that I can go to and... Um, they have books up there that you download in PDF form. Well, don't you buy um, it? Oh, that's good, but don't buy it because I've got. You can have my copy to look at next time you're over. It's, um, All right, Doctor Zelenko. Yeah, okay. If you look it's at the side effects of these things, blood clots, myocarditis, inflammation of hearts, increase in miscarriages from 10 to 80 percent in the first trimester, increases in cancer, increases in autoimmune diseases, uh, ovarian dysfunction most likely infertility. And that's not to mention the genocidal potential effect of antibody-dependent enhancement. Why the hell would you put that into a child when they have a 100% near 100% chance of recovery from from a infection that is safer than influenza virus? That is safer than influenza virus. He is brilliant. He, he really gets it, you see. He understands not only how to fix this thing, but he understands the political context and he understands the showmanship or the theatre required to get his points across. Hmm. That's great. Why the hell would you put it into a chair? Yeah. All that, he, he compressed so much into that statement. And that's what we Alana, need to uh, so uh, Elena Ratner is and... like that. She's yeah. like that. She Don't is like think? that. Yeah. yeah. Let's hear I what agree. she says about suicide. You might have seen in the paper recently that the suicide rate has dropped, which I can't really um, begin to believe given that Auckland's been in lockdown and um, 
there are police resigning from the police force because they're so traumatized by having to cut down so yes. many hangings. And um, one policeman contacted us and said he's cut down four hang- hangings and one day was his most. And what's happened is the suicide rate has not fallen. The government has, in its great lying wisdom, reclassify suicides as accidental deaths. So suicides are now not called suicides as of last month. They're now called accidental deaths. So the suicide rate will eventually fall to zero because they're no longer classified as suicides. That's how they do it. Straight talker, isn't she? She she, she does that well. Yeah. Good interviewer, that guy that interviewed her. Yeah. Hmm. Be gentle on him. That was his first one. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Okay. Hmm. Toastmasters pays off. Uh, We're running out of time, and I just wanted to... It's nice if Jess Breed said something occasionally. Oh, she's she's sorry, Jess Breed. She'll have great wisdom to impart. Great wisdom. I'm listening to to some really, really great speakers, and yeah, I was uh, listening to Dr. Alana. Tell us about your your family. family. I love that story. About your father and your brother. Dad is, uh, he's just turned 72 this month. Mum is 64, both uh, mum was a teacher, retired teacher, and dad retired as a lieutenant colonel in 2005. Uh, yep, 2005. And uh, I have a younger brother who's 42 years younger than me, and he's currently a serving colonel in the Indian Army. So that's it, three of us. And uh, I haven't seen them now. I haven't seen my brother since July 2018. And my parents since 2019 when they last visited uh, media in New Zealand. Been a while. In your family, you know about war, don't you? You've, you're surrounded, the India is surrounded with by enemies. Yes, we have four very active borders, uh, Pakistan, China, a bit of Afghanistan, and um, the vast uh, Indian Ocean. So you have Sri Lanka there and uh, Bangladesh on the other side. So pretty active borders. And dad was uh, an infantry soldier, foot soldier. So you are that much uh, closer to the borders as he likes to rip my younger brother who went into mechanized infantry that you guys <laughs> stayed a good 200 kilometers away from the border. You're not in the thick of it. So dad's been to most of the, uh, most of the borders. And, uh, there's an army, there's always accommodation available, you know, um, separated family quarters, they call it. But my mom chose to follow dad. So you can usually get a station like when he was on the China border. We were at a place about 180 kilometers south. So pretty close. So he could come come down on weekends when he could. And unless it was winters, which is when the border packs up for two months, nothing mm-hmm. goes through other than a helicopter. So I've, I've lived in all these places, watched many coffins come through. I remember Siachen Glacier, that's the world's highest battlefield. My dad's got a twin brother, a couple of minutes younger, who's also retired from the Indian Army. And his battalion lost, I believe it was 12 men, and less than 200 meters away, because such a Siachen is the world's highest battlefield. Minus 32 is the average temperature. And uh, they got lost, and when the gale swept in, they were found, all of them hanging onto one rope, literally 200 meters away from the tent. Um. The bunkers, yeah. and that's that's what happens. Jess mm. mm. Breed, I, I have a question, a general knowledge question. But uh, Pakistan can be a problem for India, but we don't hear about Bangladesh. 
uh, are they a different composition? That's they used to be East Pakistan and West Pakistan, didn't they? What's the difference between yeah. the characters? Pakistan is more, I mean, full-on armed combat there. It was more, it's a bigger political issue than anything. Yeah, you need to remember till 1947, Punjab, the place where I come from, half of Punjab has been left in Pakistan. Right. Literally, half the state, the border okay. went through half of it. And that was pretty much during the last months uh, before the British left India when that happened. And that caused a lot of bloodshed. Uh, mm. close to, they say, one million people died. No one can ever tell you exactly what was happening. But uh, I know family members, a certain older lady who's passed now, telling me about how when she was, because they were Sikhs, and when they were being moved, like so it was like, cross this line, Pakistan are the Muslims, the Sikhs and Hindus need to come to India. And she was telling me how her parents because it was sheer chaos bloodshed rapes mm. everything going on she said my parents put a turban on me and they literally wrapped her chest tight so she was passed off as a boy to escape at that point when that happened so with pakistan the thing has always been far more political and very emotionally attached and uh, a lot of if if on today's terms a lot of the poppy trade comes via Afghanistan to Pakistan to India. Mm. And that also adds to it because drugs is a way that uh, the Indian youth, to some extent, has been sort of subjugated. So Pakistan gets to be more, uh, far more personal for many people. Bangladesh was fine for a long time. It is more a case of porous borders. And then India being ruled by, you know, usually a Hindu majority government and Rohingya Muslims. So there it's more a case of porous borders and just getting people up and riled up against. But Pakistan is a more um, deadly border where uh, loss of life is concerned. Yes. Yeah. There was some sort of war in Bangladesh that re resulted in Bangladesh. I think. Yes, it's when it was East Pakistan and then yeah. India liberated it. So in East so Pakistan, General Niazi, kind of seen General eye Niazi to eye. surrendered. Sorry? Mm. I guess East Pakistan didn't see eye to eye with West Pakistan. Anyway, this is getting very much away from... Oh, yeah, we, but uh, yeah, India liberated that about. one, liberated Bangladesh, yeah. Oh, India did that. Oh. Yeah, India did that. Yeah, he, uh, General Niazi surrendered to General Sun Singh, yeah. 63. Mm. Mm. What do you think, Jaspreet, about the UK um, stopping all the mandates and stepping away from ordering I'm people around? I'm getting cynical in my dotage, Grant, because mm, uh, I, I seem to think, I mean, the COVID legislation is alive and well, isn't there? Yeah, they can bring it back any time, can't they? They it's can bring it back any time. All those uh, impositions on freedom, literally, are still there, alive and well. And uh, I don't know how long they have those in force. I believe last year when they renewed it, it was a two-year renewal. So mm. this just seems like a brief reprieve just when the narrative is crumbling. Just well, maybe people they have a little bit of freedom, could. one step forward, two back. Maybe they did it to see if they could convince people to walk around with masks on their face in the fresh air and get them to do all these crazy things, take vaccines. Maybe it was just a test run. 
for something. Maybe. Nice to think it was somehow connected with that uh, that challenge in the police station and the in oncoming yeah, legal it proceedings. It would be nice to think it was connected with that. Yeah, that would be great. Oh, that would, that, that would be great, but you know, this is these guys have gone too far forward in this to retract. I saw the Irish, I don't know, prime minister, I think, or some minister speak up this morning, and as he was like, "We are doing it with all of these," you could see him. He was again and again saying it is due to the immense success of our vaccine campaign, and of yeah. course, the boosters, the uptake of which was so fantastic that we are now in. These are rats as they are going down, still mm. lying. Through their teeth. Absolute lies. I have yeah. had a hard time believing yep. this. They have to have well, some Sunday plausible reason to stop. Yeah. Mm. Well, they're going they've to chop us off any, any second they've now. They've gone too far to stop. They've gone too far to back out. So they've got to follow it to the end, win or lose. And that's the yep. scary part because mm. they're going to get fi 